Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for the Cannon Fire podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobs one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy guacamole. <laughs> Third down, 18. Dropping again and looking again and looking again. Those up the middle. It's intercepted at the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 25, 20. Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. Yeah. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, baby. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today, live on YouTube. For episode 213, today we're going to talk about one hell of an offensive performance from Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. Week 5 for the Bucs has come to a close, and uh, what better way for them to go out there and do it. Your final score from Raymond James Stadium, 45-17 to over the Miami Dolphins. We're going to break all of that down today, and as you can see, it is the return of the Cannon Fire Hotline. So the number is open. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 813-433-0323. But welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, as always, Matthew. Riding solo today, but uh, that's all right. I've got my fellow Bucks fans with me, and we've got plenty of great things to talk about. So it shouldn't be very hard to you know carry this show with just all the stuff that we can talk about. But what a game, man. Uh, I, I was able to go in person. It was the first in-person game that I caught this year, aside from the preseason games. And uh, I'm incredibly grateful to my friend Jay, his buddy Jim, his friend Cam, all of those guys hanging out over in Lot 6, I believe, the tailgate crew. You guys are like family, and uh, really appreciate you letting me tag along for the game today. But it was one hell of a performance. Let's talk about it, man. Five total touchdowns for the quarterback, Tom Brady, TB12. Over 400 yards. He also set a franchise record today, tossing 204 straight completions without an interception, which is a franchise record. They made the announcement towards the end of the game before Tom Brady was benched for Blaine Gabbert. That's how good of a day he had. And uh, when they made that announcement, the roof blew off of the place. And I, I definitely shared in those sentiments. What a day for TB12 and the rest of this receiving crew. Let me see if I can look up the rest of this box score. Two touchdowns for Antonio Brown. Business was booming in that department. Mike Evans also had two touchdowns. Chris Godwin had a couple of big catches. We saw Tyler Johnson get involved. O.J. Howard had a couple of receptions. Receiving touchdown for Gio Bernard, right? From top to bottom, this is without a doubt the best offensive performance we have seen so far from Tampa Bay. And uh, just so much more to talk about, guys. We'll talk about the defense as well. Two turnovers on the day for them. It was a little bit of a slow start, but it is forgiven. Well, let's go ahead and break this game down. So looking at it from the beginning, 
It's kind of a tight game, right? At the end of the first quarter, 10-7, to 7, your score. And then the Bucks put up 17 unanswered points in the second quarter to get a little bit of separation there. But before we talk about the offense and the explosion that happened, uh, we'll talk about this defense for the first two drives. It seemed like those first two drives for Miami, I know they had Jacoby Brissett in there. And actually, we'll, we'll give him some props here in a second. But Jacoby Brissett was out there doing his thing. And those first two drives, man, they they sure as hell went down the field and it looked like they were able to do whatever they wanted. So kind of a slow start for this offense or for this defense, excuse me. And we've talked about before how that really just cannot happen against better teams. But luckily, you're playing Miami today, so it was forgivable. The offense was able to keep running the score up. So those guys had ample opportunity to get their feet wet and uh, really get back out there and do their thing, disrupt the quarterback. Jacoby Brissett, man. How about this? I, I We were watching the game, and I looked down, and my phone's blowing up. Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, anybody and everybody is tweeting out. Well, it looks like, you know, Reed Sinet's going to be in the game for Miami because Jacoby Brissett just got carted off into the locker room. And I look at the notification. I look down at my phone, and Jacoby Brissett's still taking snaps. So I'm not sure what happened early on in the game, but uh, he was able to get up and, and finish the rest of that game. And, I mean, my hat is, you know, off to him. I would literally take my hat off, but my headphones will come flying off, and it'll look ridiculous. But uh, a lot of respect to Jacoby Brissett out there for holding his own and trying to lead his team to not their fourth loss in a row. Checking in on the live chat, TB12 Goatman representing says, you got to give Lenny some love. Absolutely, man. I said coming into this week that after last week, Leonard Fournette as the running back one, he had won me over. 100% Lenny had won me over, and uh, he went out there, did his thing yet again today. He was catching passes out of the backfield, which you love to see. I, I know we ragged on him a lot, and uh, you know if he ever goes back to dropping those passes, we'll probably continue to rag on him. But his improvement as a pass-catching back is making his role on this team a lot more... Uh, uh, what's the word? A lot more valuable. You know, if he can catch these passes out of the backfield, there was one move today, man. He caught the ball in the flat and uh, he was going for the first down, headed towards the right side. And the defender was right there. He basically stopped, planted a hand in the ground and then stutter stepped and kept going. It was an incredible move from Lenny and something that I did not think he was capable of. But he definitely balled out there today. Uh, the stat line for Leonard Fournette looking like this. He had 12 carries for 67 yards, also found himself in the end zone, and then catching the ball, four receptions for 43 yards, his longest, or I'm sorry, his, his average reception was about 10 yards. Taking a look at the rest of the box score for this Buccaneers offense, Tom Brady, 30 for 41, 411 yards, five touchdowns. I'll call it right now. Tom Brady's going to be your FedEx Air Player of the Week this week. There's no way he's not, right? The man put up 35 points in one of my fantasy leagues, so I'm pretty sure he single-handedly won me that matchup. But if he doesn't win Air Player of the Week, it might just be NFC Offensive Player of the Week. He was absolutely clinical out there today. He looked like the TB12 we know and love. He even got a break at the end of the game. They let him sit down about 10 minutes early, and uh, Blaine Gabbert almost led the team down there to score before they decided to kneel it out and end the football game. But yeah, Blaine Gabbert, 4 for 4, 41 yards, almost had a touchdown, but it's all right. Leonard Fournette, as I just mentioned, 12 carries, 67 yards, and a touchdown. Ronald Jones, 5 carries for 21 yards. Wasn't able to make very much happen there. Gio Bernard got a couple of carries, 4 carries, 21 yards. Averages 5.2 yards per carry. Gio Bernard's quick, man. Some of those carries we saw, one of them was a pretty clutch first down. 
And that guy just, he's got wheels on him. He can move. And then uh, who else? But the dual threat quarterback, Tom Brady, showed up today as well. One carry for 13 yards and a first down for TB12. Listen, listen. His yards per carry, his average yards per carry over these first five weeks of the season has to be higher than anybody else in the NFL right now, right? I mean, with with carries happening every single week, Tom decides to tuck it and run. He's actually able to make something happen. And you could tell there was a Miami linebacker, which I think was closest to Tom when he decided to scramble. And as soon as he saw Tom break the line of scrimmage, he put his hands up, looked at the referee and looked at him and made sure that he wasn't going to tackle him. Because when you have Tom Brady on your team at 44 years old and those wheels get going, it's it's pretty dangerous territory to try and catch him, man. Yeah, Oliver says MVP Brady at 44. Listen, he keeps playing the way he has, man. Like we said, 200 straight completions without an interception. He had the two picks this year, but like both of those picks were just garbage. So you take away the garbage picks. This man is almost perfect on the season. I'm not entirely sure what his touchdown total is coming after this game for the season. It's got to be like 12 or 13, right? He's also top five in passing yards. So if Tom Brady can keep his resume together for the rest of the season, and uh, he can keep performing the way that he has. I know New England, they really didn't get in the end zone. He didn't register a touchdown. But that's all right, because he went out there today and threw five, right? That, that's what Tom Brady's able to do. And at 44 years old, man, it is just, it is quite the feat. Yeah, Tom says he wanted to see 50-plus today. I did too, man. Blaine Gabbert did a good job of taking that offense at the end of the game. I know they were just burning clock, but they were at the within the 10-yard line when they decided to kneel it down. I know it's respect for your opponent, but come on, man. Drop 50 on these fools, right? Right? Uh, what's the franchise scoring record? I think 55 when they played the Rams in 2019. That's the highest amount of points they ever had. They wouldn't have got that today. They only would have got uh, They only would have got 52 if they would have gone for it. But still, drop 50 on these fools, man. We broke the Dolphins' takeaway streak. Adam Davies from Bucks UK checking in. Yes, sir, man. And I will say, too, you know, this game was close in the first quarter, but one of the things that was talked about headed into this game was how well Brian Flores knows Tom Brady. And is he going to be able to slow him down? Because as we have seen with any head coach that is somewhat caught up on how Tom Brady operates and knows how to slow him down, they're going to go out there and do their damnedest to do it. Most of the time, it's going to work, right? Bill Belichick knew how to stop Tom Brady, and Brady didn't see the end zone a single time against New England. Bucks obviously come out with a win, but with a game plan like that, you know, I thought Brian Flores was going to bring it a little bit more. But, I mean, after so long, it's it, it's hard to stop this offense. Antonio Brown was out there doing his thing. Mike Evans, uh, O.J. Howard had a couple of catches. Chris Godwin was on my fantasy team this week, so it would have been nice to get him in the end zone, but it's all right. Brady more than made up for it. But, yeah, man, I like the offensive game plan this week, and uh, I thought they executed their best game of the season thus far. He has 15. Thank you, Alquan. So 15 total touchdowns for Tom Brady on the season. One hell of a stat line for him. Yeah, Brandon brings up a great point. Does anyone know if Levante is okay? Uh, so his initial x-rays came back negative. For anyone who did not know, Levante David went down for an extended period of time in today's game. Uh, me and Evan Wanish were actually talking about it. Luckily, it wasn't a non-contact thing. It looked like Indomica Sue. It kind of bumped into him. And initially, it seemed like a 
knee injury. They send him back to the locker room. He doesn't come back for the rest of the game. The team announces that it is an ankle injury and uh, his initial x-rays come back negative, which is always good news, but it is a short week for Tampa Bay. They're going to be on the road Thursday night in Philly. So not too sure what 54 status for that game is going to look like. We know Levante David of all people on that defense is an iron man, but I don't know. Bruce Arian said it looks like a high ankle sprain. And if that's the case, he's probably going to miss at least one game. Uh, but looking at the schedule for Tampa Bay, they have got Philly on a short week this week playing Thursday night football. After that, they are back at home against Chicago. After that, they are on the road. It is the Halloween game in New Orleans against the Saints. And then after that, it's the bye week. So if you can get Levante back, personally, I'd say by the Bears game, I'm okay with it. But by the Saints game at the absolute latest is what it seems like it may be. But as the course of the week goes on, we'll, of course, get more information on what's going on with him. Uh, those MRIs will come back, which are very important because the initial x-rays can always come back negative. But the MRIs later in the week are going to tell us a lot more. Look at Rob Gronkowski, right? His injury, his initial x-rays came back negative, And then uh, his injury was just the worst of all time, apparently. But I thought all in all... It is one of the best performances we've seen from Tampa Bay. When you play a team like Miami, you kind of have to win in this fashion, right? I, I think losing to Miami is obviously unacceptable, but winning to Miami in a three-point game, a win is a win, but this is a team that, you know, has lost three in a row headed into this one, is missing their starting quarterback. There's just no reason they shouldn't have gone out there and did what they did. But hey, that's why they're Super Bowl champions right now. And that's exactly why they're in great shape over the first quarter of the season. Four and one has a record over your first five. That's the best start for Tampa Bay in a long time. I'm not really sure where the statistician guy is, but uh, usually Greg Allman sends out a tweet that says how great of a start this has been for Tampa Bay. What more can you ask for, man? Four and one, huge day from Antonio Brown, huge day from Mike Evans, Tom Brady. And then this defense able to force two turnovers, able to get after the quarterback as well. And that's pretty important. Shaq Barrett got himself a sack later on in the game. He got another one with Vita Vea. And uh, the one Shaq Barrett sack that I just mentioned was a strip sack. Set the Buccaneers up in scoring range. I'm actually, hold on. Let me see here. Yeah, two sacks in the first half. It was a strip sack for Shaq Barrett, which didn't set up a scoring drive, but it was the end of the first half, and the Buccaneers tried to have some fun. From 60 yards, we saw Bradley Pinion attempt a field goal, and uh, I don't know what it looked like on TV. But he had the leg. It just kind of went to the left a little bit. I think it ended up going under the crossbar. But I really thought he could have hit that one. But, I mean, a valiant try for the people's champion. And uh, you got to like what you saw from the rest of the team as well. The defense able to hold it down in the second half and really prevent Miami from doing very much of anything. A couple of turnovers as well. The strip sack that I had just mentioned an interception by Jamel Dean at the end of the game. The game was pretty much already done, right? The defense just needed to stop on that drive, and it probably would have been the dagger. It was right after a Mike Evans touchdown. Well, Jamel Dean gets a tipped pass in his favor, and the Buccaneers take over pretty much in the red zone. I mean, already on their side of the 50, it was easy money for TB12 at that point. Go on down the field, score some more points, and run it up on these fools from Miami. So the Buccaneers... It's a yearly tradition of proving they're the best team in Florida, and they went out there and did just that. It is a short week for Tampa Bay, so it'll be interesting to see how they're able to bounce back. Another thing that I saw in the live chat, which I think is good to bring up, was injuries. 
you know, Levante David did exit the game and his status for Thursday still kind of up in the air. But the fact that that was your only major injury and uh, you look at the state of everything else happening around the league right now, Saquon Barkley with a nasty injury, a couple of starting quarterbacks I know went down. So the Bucks are still in pretty good shape and you got to be positive about that. I don't think the 850 number works. No, I, I think it does because I just called it. So I think you might be calling the wrong number. 850-397-2371. I just called it, and I see on my screen right now that I have a missed call from my phone number. So I'm almost positive that it works. How do we get a flag on our first kickoff return? Yeah, I don't know what that was about. I We were kind of joking that the Bucks had gotten a flag already. Yeah, but I'm not really too sure uh, what that flag was for. Maybe we'll get some insight here. But a uh, caller from the 916. What's going on, my friend? Hey, how are you doing? Doing good, man. Got to feel good after a Bucks win, right? Yep. And I have Brady and Evans in my fantasy league. So, like, they just gave him, like, I think combined 60 points. So it was nice. Nice, man. The uh, the guy next to me had Mike Evans and his team, and we were talking about it all day. It was, you know, better late than never for Big Mike, but two touchdowns is certainly a way to cap off those 1 o'clock games. So what's your what's your take on the game? What's going on? What's on your mind? Uh, I thought we I thought we played well, especially in the third quarter after the first six minutes went by. We dominated, so I thought that was good. But I have a question: Did you see about Brady? Is he injured or something? Because it looked like he was like holding on to his thumb. So there was there was a uh, some video of him holding on to his thumb, and he addressed it in his post game conference. He injured his thumb on a player's helmet. And, uh, you know, anybody who's anybody is pretty familiar with an injury of that nature. I remember back in, I think it was 2010 or 2011, the Bucks actually lost Josh Freeman for a couple of games at the time because he had a same injury that happened at practice, I believe. But, I mean, Tom is kind of an Iron Man. You know, I, I don't doubt that he's going to be out there, but they did have it wrapped up after the game. And the only thing it's been described as is a, is a thumb injury. So he definitely did hurt his thumb today. And uh, towards the end of the game, maybe that influenced their decision to sit him and let Blaine Gabbert go out because there was an angle on TV where he had it like in a bag of ice. But uh, it, they're going to be keeping a close eye on that. But, yeah, he did actually hurt his hand today. I believe it was his throwing hand. Yeah, because I, I think um, I watched the YouTube video from Tampa Bay, the Buckner's YouTube channel, where Bruce Aarons was giving like a speech. And I quickly glanced and I saw he was holding on to his thumb. Like, they didn't show they didn't show him fully, but like you could see he was going on to his thumb. So I'm like, oh, did he injure it maybe in the game? Right. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. You know, with the type of guy Tom Brady is, he played all of last season with uh, you know, a busted knee. He probably shouldn't have even been out there. He was on the verge of terrible injury, but that's Tom Brady. He he's gonna go out there and he's gonna do whatever he can to put his team in a position to win. And if it's not gonna stop him from taking the field, then he's gonna take the field. So I'm not too worried about it. We've seen Tom play through injury before, but hopefully this is something that we can get some good news on here soon. All right. That's good. That's good to hear. All right, my friend, any last thoughts before I let you go? Uh, one more question. How much do you think Richard Sherman will help Jamel Dean specifically? Because he's very talented, but it seems like he's that one guy that Richard Sherman could help to get him to the next step. Oh, yeah, I, I think so. Jamel Dean has had definitely a slow start. I mean, the injury is one thing. He was, had to miss the New England game, but having him back this week was good. But having a guy like Sherman in any secondary is going to be great for your younger guys that are looking to get over that hump 
as we have seen with some of the guys the Bucks drafted, Carlton Davis took, you know, two or three years to get to the point to where he is at now. Jamel Dean is kind of at the end of that threshold, but I think having a guy like Richard Sherman around is definitely good for that entire secondary because they are a bunch of young guys. You know, I know Carlton Davis is considered your veteran now, but he's still on a rookie contract. So how much of a veteran can he truly be? They do have a Super Bowl title. They played well in the playoffs, but when it comes to getting consistency, which is something we need to see from the secondary as young as they are, I think it definitely helps to have a vet like Richard Sherman back there. And uh, Richard Sherman today, man, it, it seemed like he was one of the only guys on our defense who could tackle in the early stretch. Like if there's one complaint that I do have to have about this defense is there was a lot of missed tackles out there. Uh, Kevin Minter actually came in after Levante David got hurt and he had two in a row on two straight plays. That was tough to watch, but Sherman was out there doing his thing. You know, he's a veteran who has played in every defense that's pretty much in the NFL right now. He's seen just about everything. So when it comes to the X's and O's and helping these guys do their homework, I don't think there's anybody better that could be back there than a guy like Richard Sherman. So I'm excited about his role on this team. Over these first few weeks, he has fit into this defense incredibly well. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. Yes, Thank sir. Thank you for having me on. How good yesterday? Yes, sir. Thank you for calling from the 916. Always a good Sunday when the Buccaneers are victorious. Again, the hotline is open. 850-397-2371. Temporary number this week, but uh, you, got, you guys saw it live. We had to go through the whole process together and get this thing set up. But uh, I'd love to take another call from you guys whenever you want to. Thank you to our first caller from the 916 talking about this secondary. Jay Gutter 34 says Tom Brady had his hand in a fan's beer cooler. He'll be fine. He was still throwing dimes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know how long his thumb was hurt, but it really didn't seem like it was throwing him down before he took the rest of the game off. Tom really looking top-notch this year. Brings a tear of joy to my eye. I, I was talking to so many fans leaving the stadium. I was like, what a, what a great feeling it is to have a winning football team, right? Like four and one? From the 813, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Oh, my name is BK Jackson, but I live in Atlanta and watching all the games up here, man. It's been a great season to see the whole stuff. Long time watcher and follower of the, uh, of the Cannon Fire podcast, man. Thank you guys for giving us this content, especially people who don't live in the city and get a chance to get it, man. I'm able to get it every week by listening to you guys, man. I appreciate it. Yes, yeah, sir. We appreciate you, BK. And if I'm not mistaken, you are fellow Blake High School alumni, right? Of course, of course, of yes, course, sir. class of 09. Yeah, yeah, that's how we do it, baby. <laughs> Yellow Jackets, man. But uh, I'm just on a high, man, especially after last week. You know, it was, uh, I mean, it was a great win last week. Glad to have it last week. And then obviously following the Rams win, I was hoping that we'd have this week, last week. But, man, yeah. it was it was a really, really, really good win all the way around. It was great to see AB get some touches. I was really happy to see Mike Evans get involved in the game plan heavily and see the end zone twice, man. It's just to see things come together, especially in a time where, you know, we, we're basically on a, you know, I mean, Dean's back, but was a little hobbled today, um, yeah. but still looked really good, uh, better than expected, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, being down in that secondary, man, for those guys to hold up and show up big time, man. Obviously, Shaq Barrett came back and was like, don't forget about me today. Uh, that felt good. <laughs> Um, just the whole game, man, a great win uh, up and down the board, man. I mean, obviously a win that we knew 
that if it was anything other than this, we'd probably be upset. <laughs> right. Yeah. But um, <laughs> like, if it was if it was forty five, forty four, like Bucks fans would be livid right now, even if we won. You know what I mean? Uh, but I, I'll take I'll take it in this fashion because uh, it's one of those things where look, this is what's supposed to happen, and we've got a pretty long schedule coming up. So you know, our guys have a chance to rest. Um, you know, it's a tough uh, tough break for. Uh, I'm glad, obviously the 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 uh, X-rays, MRIs, or whatever it was, came back. Oh yeah, no, I, I think when you're playing a team like Miami, it, you know, when you're playing a team like Miami, the uh, the expectation is always to just beat them the way that you should. You have to beat bad teams. Yeah, you know, you, that's, exactly. And that's something that this team was able to do for a while. You know, even when they were bad, it was almost like they were at the point where you know, 2019, they were beating the teams that they should have beat. Like you look at that Jacksonville right. game when they absolutely demolished right. Jacksonville late in the right. season. Like that's what you expect from games like this. But but I'll tell you, you brought up the hurt secondary. I, I think something that, you know, I, I always get happy talking about is the improvement from this pass rush uh, headed into the game against New Orleans or New England. Excuse me. We talked about right. how we need a little bit more from this pass rush. I think over the first three games, they had two sacks or three sacks like it, it was abysmal. And it's not that not they have, yet. right, not exactly now that they have flipped that number on its head, but you're seeing them get after the quarterback a little bit more, mm -hmm. right? You're seeing guys put people yeah. under pressure. Jacoby Brissett was pretty uncomfortable for most of the game, it felt like. And, right. uh, you know, it just, it forces mistakes. It forces turnovers down the stretch, which I think this defense is built for a little bit more than having a shutdown secondary, but you know, Jamel Dean sure. coming back today was obviously a good thing because he notched himself an interception off that tipped pass. Right. You know, that's that's pressure. Right. Pressure makes that play because it I mean, while the receiver was open, he just didn't and hang on to it. But, you know, Brissett was <laughs> right. uncomfortable in the pocket. And uh, after being carted off in the first quarter, he was already playing hurt. Not really sure what his status is, but, you know, yeah. I'm excited about this pass rush and just the way that things are coming together. I think I think after this week, after week five. You know, we're kind of past the point of it's early in the season. Let's wait for these guys to get adjusted and really get their wheels rolling. Yeah. This game yeah. is basically, you know, setting the tone for the rest of the season as far as where they need to be on offense and how they need to play these games. Right. And then the defense, obviously, you're working with what you can in the secondary, but the pass rush showing up is just it's it's starting to look like the bucks of midseason from last year a little bit earlier right. in the year and i know that it's against the miami dolphins team which is not good but that's how you beat those teams and for the bucks to go out there and do their thing wasn't a whole lot of penalties this week which i'm also happy about you know it's just it's hard to come away from this one with uh with a lot to complain about right right Right. No, and I'll tell you, the last thing, and I'll just leave it back over to you, man. I, I kind of take this game into consideration of, like, you know, that first game in college football where, like, they name team, you know, and just run it back. Sometimes it's like you need that just to have that confidence yeah. to get into a game where we go back. And we'll get our shot, you know, <laughs> later on in the season against some must-wins. But with Carolina losing today, that was a huge, you know, a huge uh, jump for us just to kind of – just get, get a couple – you know, a couple of distance within the uh, division. You know, yeah. we'll have our shot at those guys as well. Um, you, know, you just don't want to get too comfortable in this division, man. You just never know what can happen in football. Oh, yeah, 100%. It, it'll be interesting to see yeah. how it shakes out. I thought all the NFC South teams were going to win today. You said Carolina did end up losing? Yeah. 
Yeah, they did end yeah. up losing today. I was uh, I was walking yeah. into the stadium. There was a guy watching the Falcons game. He's like, "Yep, it's uh, twenty to seventeen Falcons right now." And I said, "Oh, okay. Well, they're gonna lose then. You know, late in the late in the fourth quarter, Falcons are up. I thought they were gonna lose. They pull it off against the nah. uh, the measly Jets, and then right. of course the Saints over in London, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the early game this yeah. morning, so they were able yeah. to get that done and out of the way with early, and then the Saints hold on to win their game against Washington." That'll be a really fun matchup here in a couple of weeks for Tampa Bay. But yeah, yeah, man, definitely can't get too comfortable. But that's also part of being uh, a championship caliber team is making sure you don't get too comfortable. I mean, we saw it a few times today. The Bucs were up two to three possessions and then Miami started to get a little bit of life in them. And you had to make sure you weren't too comfortable. Uh, But Tampa Bay was able to hold it down today. And as far as the division race goes, I'm curious to see how that shakes out. But I think if the Bucks keep playing the way that they have, come the Halloween game, fun. if they are in New Orleans yeah. and they beat the Saints, I, I feel like that might do a really, really good job right. of, uh, you know, just just right. distancing distancing the division race that much more. You know what I mean? Yeah, and even Jameis today had one of his Jameis games. One of my best friends is from New Orleans, and he was like, "I see what you were saying today." <laughs> I told you. I told you, it's a thing. Like, I don't even know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I just know Jameis is going to be Jameis. Yeah. You know, he definitely had a, a Jameis Winston game today, man. But, but you know, back to the Bucks, man. I'm, I'm really excited about where we are. And it's just, you know, just having Tom Brady as a quarterback, like, I never panic. Like, even last week, you know, people were arguing, like, you know, the Pats almost beat you guys. And I was like, bro, there was 55 seconds left on the clock. My quarterback right. is Tom Brady. Right. I got two right. times. Come out. on, man. <laughs> I'll take my chances. <laughs> Like, you know, it's just one of those feelings where it's like you just you never feel like you're out of it. And it just feels good that everybody's kind of buying in. And, you know, we're, we're sitting where we should be, man. Um, you know, I'm really curious. Joe Tryon, man, he, he had a, a decent game today as well, man. I would love to see him get that sack um, on that scramble on Jacoby. But, you know, man, it's it's I'm, I'm really excited about not just where we are, but, you know, really where we're going to be in the next couple of years, man. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how everything pans out. But great win overall for the Bucks today. 100%. You got to feel good about it. BK, my friend, thank you so much for calling in. Glad to have you supporting the show. I appreciate you, man. For yes, sure. Sir. Have a good one. I believe BK, I mean, I don't know how much of his information he wants me throwing out there. I won't go too deep. And I could be wrong. But I, I think BK was actually a touring musician with uh, with Prince's band. So I mean, you know, that's some that's some pretty high profile roll uh, high profile rolling right there. Uh, but thank you again for your call, BK. Always good to hear from you, my friend. Hotline's still open, 850-397-2371. Want to get your thoughts on today's game. 45 to 17 victory for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they advance to four and one. First place in the NFC South for the time being. And uh, Lee Ayers in the live chat brings up a great point. I, I like this. We'll kind of take the offensive discussion this way. Do the Bucs need to get Rob Gronkowski back as soon as possible, or should they take their time based on today's performance? We look at the depth chart for Tampa Bay in the red zone last week against New England. When you're in a tight game like that, not having Gronk in the end zone or in the red zone, excuse me, is going to hamper your ability to, you know, ultimately end up with a touchdown. But when you have guys on your team like Mike Evans, who is just a freak of a target, it's six, five and a half right? He's going to go up there and he's going to make the play. Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Tyler Johnson, even though we saw him in a limited capacity today, I think TJ is still a playmaker. OJ Howard had a couple of catches today. Didn't exactly have the performance a lot of people have been wanting, but 
a couple of catches every single week, I'm, I'm happy with it. I think it builds his confidence over time. And once we finally see him get that huge reception, then we'll know that he's ready to go. But a couple of catches for OJ. When you look at the plethora of riches on offense for Tampa Bay, it's hard to say that you need to rush a guy like Gronk back. And with injury history being kind of, you know, a trait of his, I'm not in a huge hurry, right? Tom Brady was still able to throw five touchdowns, 400 yards without him out there today. They have the weapons. So I'm not really too sure. Todd says your connection is horrible today. What's going on? I am not too sure. I couldn't tell you, Todd. My connection looks like it's uh, holding up on this end. It might just be your connection. I don't know. I hate to point the finger, but, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best out here. Lita says Brady is winning MVP. All yes, sir. I think he is at this rate. No interceptions for him in over 200 passes. That's my quarterback, right? Playing it at MVP level. You love to see it from TV 12 so far. But yeah, everything coming together for this football team at the right time. Like I told BK, it's it's hard to come away from this game and, and find things to criticize, things to be upset about. You know, I, I mean, you can't exactly leave points on the board when you put up damn near 50. And I know we said they left points on the board when they put up damn near 50 against Atlanta. But the offensive rhythm in that game was just so much different, it, it felt like. You know, it seemed like they stalled out a little bit more in that contest. And obviously, it was week two, so things are still getting underway. By week five, we see what this offense is capable of. And even without Rob Gronkowski out there, they're still able to outscore most teams in the NFL. So that's uh, that's pretty crazy. Michael Johnson says, I love the defense. Gelling looks great. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. You and O'Ryan says, uh, very surprised with the defense. They made improvements. These last two weeks, it has been steady improvements for the defense. Now, again, losing Levante David is going to be a big question mark going into Philly. But, I mean, Devin White, we all know he's the man. We're going to need him to probably step up for an extended period of time here. Uh, maybe one or two games. But, you know, with Devin White holding it down, we know Kevin Minter is a good quality linebacker. He looked a little rusty out there today, but the more reps he gets, I don't really worry about him. So I'm very interested to see how they're able to play down the stretch. But... You know, if the pass rush keeps doing what it's doing, two to three weeks go by. The bye week is here. Right around the bye week, I think the Bucks are going to get Carlton Davis back. We should get a positive update about Sean Murphy bunting. I'm not really sure what that's going to look like for him, right? But, um, I, I mean, as long as this pass rush keeps performing, Richard Sherman holding it down, Jamel Dean able to stay healthy and try and improve off of what he has shown us after today. I mean, these guys are going to start to come back. So everybody stays healthy and, and they do their thing. I really like the improvement from this defense. And uh, I mean, what more can you say about the offense, right? I, I really think that this is probably going to be the shortest postgame show in the history of the Cannon Fire podcast because we literally have covered everything today. I, I mean, the offense was near perfect, probably their best performance of the season. And then the defense had a little bit of a slow start, but down the stretch, they were able to do what they needed to do force a couple of turnovers to help set the Bucks up in scoring position. And uh, what more can you ask for, right? I mean, just a great performance from this team. I think this is one of those wins that you can hang your hat on and you can be happy for a little while because there isn't a lot coming away from this one that I'm super upset about. I was skeptical early in the game when I saw that we had Jerome Boger as the lead official out there. That guy hates the Bucks, man. He hates Tampa Bay. So I, I thought it was going to be a pretty long afternoon when we saw him out there. Uh, but luckily, that wasn't the case. The Bucs were able to play disciplined football. 
Actually, speaking of disciplined football, one of the things that I liked as well, uh, there was a point where Miami had kept their starters on the field to go for it on fourth down. They tried to get the uh, to the Bucks to jump off sides. Doesn't happen. I believe Tampa Bay calls a timeout. They take a minute. They line back up again on fourth down, try and get the Bucks to jump. Nothing, right? These past few weeks, false starts have been killing this football team. Uh, Donovan Smith, I think, had a false start today. That's 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 a weekly occurrence, right? Um, but I thought the discipline on defense today was was pretty good. I think there was a pass interference on on Ross Cockrell early in the game, which was kind of hot garbage. Uh, there's a couple of calls every single week that are a little questionable, and that was one of them. But overall, I think the penalties were turned down this week, and that's always a great feeling as well. Edwin says the defense just needs to heal up and we'll be good. Brady did hurt his thumb. Yeah, he hurt his thumb, but as far as the defense goes and staying healthy, you keep those guys as healthy as you possibly can. Go out there, do your job, and before you know it, your secondary is starting to be pieced back together a little bit after the bye week, so that's got to be a good feeling as well. Uh, Michael Johnson said Joe Tryon looks great. Yes, he does, man. Two sacks last week for the rookie. Wasn't able to hit home today, but it's good to see him start to get just more snaps, more involved in the defense. Sometimes they don't line him up as an edge rusher. Sometimes they drop him back as a linebacker and he plays in coverage. That's not always the answer because I think they uh, there was a big play thrown on him today. I want to say it was Mike Giusecki, um, but it was a really costly first down for Miami and yeah, okay, so I remember this. Now, they had Vita Vea all the way on the outside, lined up as an edge rusher. I mean, he was in a three-point stance. So it wasn't like he was going to stand up and go after somebody, but he was lined up on the outside. They had Tryon to the left of him inside, sitting in the gap right there, and uh, he dropped back, covered the tight end, who basically ran a seam, and then that's who got the, the pass caught over him. A um, couple of different looks, but I, I like seeing Joe Tryon get involved out there. You know, seeing your rookie perform, especially a rookie that was drafted 32 overall. Like, it wasn't really sure what his level of production was going to be this year. Once training camp started and everybody got a good look at him, I remember the hype was way up here. I think the over-under that we set on this show for sacks this season was like seven. I think he's probably going to get around six or seven. I mean, he had two in one game last week. So if he can perform the rest of the season and get a good, healthy amount of snaps, I have no reason to think that he's not going to get after the quarterback a few more times. But it's always good to see Joe Tryon out there, man. And, and to see him perform today, even though he didn't get home, it's a good feeling, right? Production out of your first round is always really, really good. Yeah, Shaq Barrett showed up today. That front four was impressive, but uh, Shaq attack was in full force. A sack and a half for Shaq Barrett because I think the one was split between him and Vita Vea, but he did have that strip sack, which I mentioned at the end of the first half, set up the Bucks to try 60-yard field goal with Bradley Pinion. Did not shape out, but it's all right. It was already a 14-point game at that point anyways. And uh, the Bucks ended up deferring to get the ball to start the second half. Honestly, if they would have got the points there, I think it would have been a 21-point game because they didn't get the points, and then Miami went down the field and scored, and it was only a seven-point game. But that's when the Bucks kind of ran away with it. But, I mean, that was that was the closest this game got. So, uh, you know, if that's the closest this game gets, I'm happy with it. Frank G says, running solo today. Yes, sir, just me and the callers. So uh, if you guys want to call, I'll probably take a few more before we wrap things up. 850-397-2371. Hotline is open. Willie Beam and the moderator checking in. So shout out to my guys at the Cannon Fire Podcast. What's going on, Willie? Good to hear from you, my friend. Like I said, hotline is open. 
850-397-2371. Give me your Bucks takes. I want to hear your thoughts on today's game and maybe your thoughts headed into the short week. So it is a short week for Tampa Bay. They're going to be on the road in Philly Thursday night against the Eagles. I, don't, I, I wanted to say like the Phillies for some reason. Um, they're going to be in Philly Thursday night against the Eagles. They'll be on the road for that one. So it will be a short week. With that being said, we're going to do this show. And then I think I think either Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, me and Ever are going to try and jump on here and do our weekly game preview show. So there's not going to be a mailbag show for the short week, but I figured we'd compensate and make the post game a call-in show. That way we can combine the two, right? Because I love getting your guys' takes. Now, it doesn't even have to be the mailbag show if you want to send in a take. Cannonfirepodcast at gmail.com. Send us your questions, your comments, concerns, anything at all regarding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it'll be read on the podcast. But yeah, I think Tuesday night, Tuesday or Wednesday will probably be our game preview show. So we'll uh, we'll figure it out and we'll make sure we talk to you guys then. Did Tom have a perfect passer rating? I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head. Let me take a look here and see. I don't think he had a perfect passer rating because he had 11 dropped passes or 11 incomplete passes, excuse me. But uh, let me take a look here. 558 total yards for Tampa Bay, 437 passing yards, 121 rushing yards. They average 7.8 yards per play. It doesn't show me his QBR. I look up Buck's box score. And uh, I don't really get what I'm looking for. If anybody has Tom Brady's quarterback rating, though, drop that in the live chat. We'll make sure we we hook it up here. Edwin says, glad to see the running game was in full effect today. Absolutely. We gave some love to Leonard Fournette early on in the show. Got to give it again, man. He, he's been a stud. The fact that he's actually catching passes out of the backfield now makes him a little bit more dangerous. You like to see consistency build there, and that's what he's been doing these last few weeks. He has 100% won me over. And uh, the running back one job is is his to lose at this point. As much as I hate to say it, I don't know the status of Ronald Jones after this season. I don't know if he's going to be back. Uh, he's probably going to need to perform pretty crazy down the stretch for the Bucks to maybe consider having him as their lead back next season. But if this is the Leonard Fournette that we can get in moderation, I'm okay with keeping him around long term. From the 215, what's your name? Where are you calling in from? Hey, what's going on, Ray? You know this is Willie calling. How you doing, man? Oh, what's going on, my friend? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Just wanted to call in to see how you were doing, man. It's been a while since we chat. Yes, sir. I'm good. Listen, whenever the Buccaneers win and, uh, you know, whenever they win in the fashion that they did today, I'm going to be feeling good for the rest of the week. Most definitely. Most definitely. I mean, I think we've we're pretty much off to a hot start, but, um, you know, it's just the injuries in the secondary are just kind of killing me, man. And yeah. I mean, it's going to be a, it's going to be a lot of, it's going to be a lot more teams that are, you know, that are better in Miami that we're going to have to see down the stretch. So, I mean, I am a little worried about that, but, um, you know, hopefully our guys can come back healthy and strong in the secondary so we can really, you know, turn the tables. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think um, I talked to another caller about this, but I think the pass rush stepping up is going to help us get through this stretch. Uh, you know, your yeah. secondary isn't 100%. That's all right. You still got some playmakers back there. But as long as your pass rush mm -hmm. performs, 
and gets after the quarterback, this is still a defense that is basically made to turn the ball over. Uh, you have guys like Shaq right. Barrett playing at the level we know he can play at. We saw him get a strip sack today and set the Bucks up. Jamel Dean was there for a timely yeah. interception. I mean, there are turnovers to be made, especially when this pass rush shows up. And I really like their level of development yes. these last few weeks. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I think as long as the, you know, the pass rush hits home, you know, I think that'll take a lot of pressure off the secondary uh, for sure. And I think that'll that'll give them some confidence and some turnovers on the back end as well. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. What are your thoughts on on Brady, man? How how about this season he's having so far playing like a stud? I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, he's just I mean, he looks amazing, man really just you know he just looks like he really looks like a you know he really just looks like an identified you know first ballot hall of famer for sure I mean I just think the guy is just the guy is just in is in a class by himself I mean I just think that you know it's it's just got to be a haul just for him I mean seriously I mean it's just amazing that he can just you know perform at this age and you know, it's just the way that he diagnoses a defense and, you know, just breaks down the coverage and scans the field and just, um, you know, the way he just threads the ball in there between the defenders. I mean, there was a lot of throws that I was just very, you know, just impressed with um, today. I mean, I know it was Miami, you know, and whatnot, but, um, you know, Javon Holland, he really impresses me. I think that kid has got a bright future for sure. Oh yeah. But um I mean Brady Brady, I mean, he just I mean, Brady is Brady, man. I mean it's just it's just it's just amazing that he's just getting better better with age and uh, you know, he never he never lets us down, man. Never lets us down at all, man. I just and I just think it's like we've dealt with all the losing, you know, over the years and you finally now we're we're now we're understanding how you know, the Patriot fans have felt for all these years and we're kind of getting, we're kind of getting that, that taste of being spoiled to be honest with you. (laughs) I mean, you know, we felt that way after, after week two, uh, we came on this podcast, we had stank from the loose cannons on with us and and we were upset Mm -hmm. because, you know, they dropped 48 points against Atlanta and we were upset because it felt like they left points on the field. And I mean, if that's the yeah. level of, of excellence that is expected from Tampa Bay, I'm okay with it. Because if it if it equates to playoff appearances and Super Bowl championships, you know, I'm totally okay with being overly critical of this team at certain times. If if people want to get upset with me because I try to have a fair viewpoint of this team, I, I'm okay with it because the expectation right. level for this team is so much higher than it was, I'd say, even this time a year ago. Right. Like I know a year ago, everybody was expecting the Super Bowl, but you still didn't entirely know how things were going to shake out. COVID was happening. The season was uncertain. And then, of course, just all the other factors that go in with building a new football team. You put all this talent together. It doesn't guarantee they're going to win. But, you know, with Tom Brady at the helm, man, and with him playing the way that he has this season, the cherry on top is that he's 44 years old. This man has shown no signs of slowing down and he has pretty much single-handedly come in here and changed the culture of this football team. I know that that's another phrase we say all the time, but it just really, it's always nice to take a step back and appreciate 
how far this team has come in what feels like such a short amount of time. Yes, yes. I mean, it's just been um, it's been wonderful. It's been very, very, very wonderful. I mean, I've been, you know, a fan of this team. Wow, I can't. I mean, for a long time. I mean, to be honest with you, since the, you know, the early two thousands, and I mean, it's just, it's just really a great feeling. I mean, you know, just Tom Brady. I mean, he's just, he's just really, really leading the charge, and um. And I think he's definitely had left this um his stamp of approval, you know, on this team for sure. And, you know, I can definitely see that, you know, guys are, you know, they're interacting with each other differently. You know, they're taking more pride in their work. And I'm I'm pretty sure, you know, with having him in the building, I mean, I think the vibe and the culture is a, is a lot different as well. And I think guys are holding each other accountable. We didn't really see a lot of that, you know, in the Jameis Winston era. So, I mean, I mean, I, I think the culture change is really doing, you know, the franchise good and um, the community down there as well. Good for sure. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. Any last thoughts before I let you go, my friend? Um, Nothing that I can think of right now, but I mean, I think you guys are doing a really good job with the channel. You know, don't worry about none of the criticism. You know, it's football. I think a lot of these people are, you know, are casual football fans. And I, I personally, I really think this channel is for people, you know, it's really for people that study and analyze the game. You know, that's just that's just what my opinion is. And, you know, just don't pay attention to the naysayers. There's going to be criticism. You know, just keep on doing what you're doing and I'll always be a moderator um, supporting the channel for sure. Hell yeah, my friend. Always good to have your support, and thank you again for the kind words. Have a great rest of your Sunday, and go Bucks, man. All right, go Bucks, man. Check you guys out on Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. We'll talk to you then. I got one more little rant I want to go on, and then I'm going to wrap this thing up. But an awesome call about the culture of Tampa Bay. If you guys have watched this team for an extended period of time, you know exactly what he's talking about. I mean, watching 2019 Bucks. it doesn't even matter if it was the Jameis Winston era. Any era aside from that, players holding each other accountable was not a thing that you saw, right? Maybe in the Tony Dungy era, when this team actually, you know, started kicking some ass in the late 90s and then obviously get their first Super Bowl title under John Gruden in 2002. But that kind of fell apart after that season. Right now, this team is just getting better and better and better. They just won a Super Bowl the first year that nobody thought they were actually going to go out and do it. And they're getting better. Isn't that crazy? Tom Brady at 44, no signs of slowing down. But I, I do have one little, uh, one little gripe with some fans in Raymond James Stadium today that I need to address. So I was at the game. And I don't know about you guys, but when I go to a football game, I try – well, I don't try. I make sure that I stay and I watch my team until triple zeros. Once that scoreboard says zero seconds left, I'm out of there. But until then, my ass is locked in the seat, whether we're winning by 50 or we're losing by 50. And I got to tell you, I'm pretty disappointed with the amount of Bucks fans who left at the start of the fourth quarter. Like, it, it, people just left. <laughs> like, I mean, throughout the game, you know, the fourth quarter... The start of the fourth quarter and the end of the fourth quarter, obviously the stadium is going to look a lot different, but like these are Bucks fans, man, and your team is up 35 and, and they're leaving. Like that was weird to me. 
I feel like if you'd rather not be there or if you'd rather just leave early to, you know, to skip the traffic, sell your ticket to somebody else who'd rather sit there for the whole game. Like, don't be one of those fans who goes to the goes to the stadium and just leaves early. Like, what the hell? I don't know, man. I don't know. But uh, that kind of bummed me out today. But I mean, you know, what didn't bum me out was what the Bucks put on the field. And I don't really give a damn about any of those fake fans that decided to leave early because they can get the hell out of there and not come back for all I care. I was surrounded by my people, my tribe, my fellow Bucks fans, if you will. And uh, I don't really think that there is anything that'll ruin the rest of my Sunday. But, you know, just a just a quick little negative shout out to those people who like to leave early. You know, I, I don't care if the Bucks are losing by 50 or they're winning by 50. I'm staying till triple zeros. We have watched enough bad football to know <laughs> that you just don't like, like like if I can stay through the whole game during a bad game, you should be able to stay the whole game during a great game like today. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Really quickly, shout out to all of our viewers over on YouTube right now. We just peaked at 103 viewers in the live chat right now. That is our highest number, I think, this season so far. So the fact that I was able to you know, get that done while I'm sitting here by myself, I really do appreciate you guys. Subscribe to the channel if you have not already. Plenty of great Buccaneers content throughout the course of the season. And of course, on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast, best place to go for updates on the show, and of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Shout out to our people in the live chat, specifically Willie Beam and the moderator holding it down. Edwin Hernandez in here hanging out with us as well. CHN23, Leadus Productions, Frank G, TB12 Goatman, Orion, Todd, anybody else that I may have missed. I truly do appreciate each and every single one of you. Go ahead and drop a like. Get your thoughts in the comment section or the live chat down below. We're going to break it down. We'll talk to you guys later this week for our game preview. Again, it is a short week for the Bucks. They'll be on the road against Philly on Thursday night football. So we'll talk to you for our game preview. Hopefully I'll be joined by my co-host Evan Wanish here in the next few days. Oh, man. Ah, they're beating traffic, Colleen. I don't care. I, I don't care. That's not a good enough excuse for me. If you want to beat traffic, don't go to the game. Traffic is part of the game day experience, in my opinion. If you want to beat traffic, stay at home, sell your ticket, and make as much money as you would have had, you know, for two games worth of a season's ticket. That's that's the move, man. I'll tell you, like, I'm not really mad at the season ticket holders who are selling their tickets because, you know, two years ago before Tom Brady signed, you could get season tickets for $1,100 and I was talking to a guy right now. He got a season ticket for 1400 bucks. He sold week 1. He got 4 grand for his ticket. That's four times his season ticket investment in one game. So there's money to be made. And if you want to make the money stay at home, I don't care. But don't show up to the game just to leave early. Like that's that's kind of sour to me. But that that's just one man's opinion. So what am I going to do? Thank you once again to every single person who checked in. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. And last but not least, find myself on social media at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. Instagram and Twitter, if you follow me, I will follow you back. Next time I talk to you, I will not be alone. I'll either be joined by Evan Wanish or our good buddy James Hill, a.k.a. Mr. Box Nation. But without a doubt, we will talk to you guys later this week with our game preview show. Buccaneers win 4-1 and one on the season. Short week coming up, but that's all right. They are poised to win and keep 
getting better. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for uh, myself because I was the only one here today. We'll talk to you guys next time. As always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.